everyone. Today, in the second last post of my free basic cooking course, we are going to focus on ground beef. Specifically, we're going to look at a handful of uncomplicated and delicious meals that can be made with ground beef. These are meals that, in my opinion, everyone should know how to make some version of. We're going to look at how to make meatloaf, shepherd's pie, chili, and more. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5. Let's get to it. I honestly believe that there are a few things better in this world than a delicious hamburger. Luckily, making a truly delicious burger is much easier than it seems like it should be. I say this because generally the big mistake that people make when making burgers is that they try to overcomplicate it. You're seeing a trend here over the last few weeks. Don't overcomplicate things, people. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There's a tendency to add a pile of ingredients into the burger mix. All these ingredients often overpower the taste of the beef itself. What's more is that more often than not, all of these flavors just get muddled together and end up tasting like a confusing mess. For this reason, for me, a simple burger is a good burger. In all of my time cooking professionally, the most important lesson I've learned, um, and this was a hard lesson to learn, is when to stop adding ingredients. Cooking is not about adding and adding until something tastes good. It's about adding as few ingredients as possible so that you can highlight the main ingredient. Let me repeat that. Cooking is not about adding and adding until something tastes good. It's about using as few ingredients as possible to make the main ingredient taste as good as it can. And when I'm creating a recipe, I will often list every ingredient that I think should go in it. Then I start taking things away that aren't adding anything to the final dish. Um, Complement the main ingredient. Don't overpower it. If you take one lesson from this whole series, this should be it. Recite it every time you cook. Complement it. Don't overpower. Every time you pick up a knife in the kitchen, compliment. Don't overpower. Every time you open your spice cupboard, compliment. Don't overpower. This and this alone will take your cooking further than anything else. There's a recipe below, and if you go to the website, uh, it's just chefsons.com forward slash ground dash beef today. It's a much easier URL than the last couple. Um, but there's a, a recipe for a burger, and it only has four ingredients in it. Salt, pepper, onion, powder, and garlic powder, and obviously ground beef. That's all. I know people who put 10 or more ingredients in their burgers. Why? In cases like this, the ground beef is more a vessel for all the other flavors rather than being the star of the show. This, to me, defeats the whole purpose of the burger, warming the burger. Well, there are some people out there that prefer a really thick burger, my feet are firmly planted in the opposite camp. I like thin burgers, and if you want more meat, you can just add a second patty. Then you get more cheese. The reason for this is pretty simple. The sear on the burger. The browning from the cooking process adds loads of flavor to the meat in the final burger. When you have one thick patty, you only have one. You know, one we only have two sides to sear. However, when using thinner patties and doubling them up, you get the same amount of meat, but double the seared surface, meaning more flavor. The other bonus to thin burgers is that they cook much quicker than thick burgers. This means that the risk of burning the outside of the burger is greatly reduced and the burger will shrink less and dry out less. All this leads to a more flavorful and juicy burger. Have I convinced you yet? Cooking the burger. Now in the recipe on the website, I suggest cooking the burgers on an electric griddle. However, you can cook them in a skillet or on the grill as well. This, to me, is actually the least important part of making burgers. Just make sure that whatever you're using to cook the burgers is nice and hot and that you get a nice sear on the meat. That's what's important. 
Uh, and there's a really good recipe. There's a really good burger recipe. Again, chefsnotes.com forward slash ground dash beef. And I'll share that in the comments. Meatloaf. When I was a kid, meatloaf was a weekly staple on our dinner table. I hated it. My mom was a great cook, fantastic. And I loved most of her food, but I could not stand her meatloaf. Now, to be fair, it wasn't just hers. For whatever reason, I hated all meatloaf. Someone could have served me the best meatloaf in the world, and I still would have turned my nose up at it. This hatred of meatloaf lasted until I was in my mid-20s and was tasked with making a staff meal in the restaurant I was working at at the time. I was given a pile of ground beef and told to make something. I have no idea why I chose to make meatloaf, but I did, and it was delicious. It was the only meatloaf I'd ever had that I liked up until that point. Now, I wouldn't say that I developed a love for meatloaf after that, but I did develop more of an appreciation for it. I just had to make it myself, I guess. <laughs> if you find yourself with a few pounds of ground beef and you're unsure of what to do with it, meatloaf is a great option for those of us that like meatloaf, at least. One big problem I've always had with meatloaf is that they will have big chunks of onion and garlic that didn't fully cook. This makes the meatloaf especially unenjoyable to eat. The obvious solution is to pre-cook the onions and garlic, and that is what I do in the recipe that I share on the website, chefsnets.com forward slash ground-beef. Yet a bonus is that cooked onions and garlic add a mild sweetness to the mix and adding more balance to the overall flavor of the meatloaf. It will come as no surprise that like my burgers and just about everything else I cook, I prefer a more simplistic approach to my meatloaf. Not everything in the spice cupboard has to go in everything you cook. Add only what is needed, and if you're going to add herbs, use fresh ones whenever possible. And then I share a wonderful meatloaf recipe that you will just, you'll just adore. You'll love it. Chili. Who doesn't love a good pot of chili? The key there being good. In truth, chili is a bit like pizza. Even bad pizza is still pizza. But I think what I'm trying to say is that it's difficult to mess up chili. It's a very forgiving dish. Now, the recipe that I share on the website um, is not base chili recipe by any means. There's a lot to it. However, it is not at all difficult to make. What you may notice right away when looking at the recipe is that there are quite a few ingredients in it. And yes, it's true. My simplistic view of cooking goes right out the window when it comes to chili and for good reason. Chili benefits from complexity. Of course, there's nothing to say that you can't make a delicious, simple chili. I just don't do that in the recipe, in this specific recipe. The real benefit to the recipe I'm sharing, and I'll, I'm actually going to talk you through it a little bit, is more in the technique. When you look at it and when I talk about it now, pay attention to when I add the spices and the vegetables. There are times so that the maximum amount of flavor is in the chili at the time of eating. As a bit of an aside, don't listen to people who say that chili needs to be simmered for hours and hours. They are wrong. Doing this will destroy the flavor. The essential oils and the spices, which is where the flavor comes from, are volatile and heat-soluble. So cooking them for long periods of time literally cooks the flavor out of them. Don't do it. Okay, let's go through this recipe really quickly. So the main ingredients are ground beef, onion, garlic, jalapeno, celery, uh, some green onions, tomato puree, kidney beans, bell pepper, cinnamon. It's a key ingredient in my chili. Oregano, paprika, cumin, chili flakes, salt, black pepper. This is where it gets a little different than most people's. I also add coffee and chocolate. The kind of depth, the base flavors of the coffee and chocolate really bring out the ground beef and the tomato and add this incredible depth to the chili. Now, when I'm making it, 
first things first, you brown the ground beef, obviously. But then the onion, garlic, celery, and jalapeno go in, cooked until the onions soften. Then the spices, and they get cooked for two minutes without any other liquid, and that just opens them up. And then I add the tomato puree, cook that, and then I start adding everything else. So the key is really you want to add the spices and saute them in oil or fat or whatever and bring out the flavor. And then the bell peppers don't go in until about two-thirds of the way through cooking because if you add them too soon, they're going to turn bitter. So I don't add those until way later. And then that's, that's pretty much it. The coffee and chocolate go in near the end as well. Shepherd's pie. One of my absolute favorite things to do with ground beef is to make shepherd's pie. It's technically cottage pie because it's made with beef rather than lamb, but where I come from, we call it shepherd's pie, so I don't care. <laughs> Not only is this one of my all-time favorite foods from when I was a child, but it was also one of the first things that I ever learned to cook. And it's so straightforward that I'm not even going to give you a recipe. I will, however, give you a quick walkthrough. And this is like how my mom always made it and how I still make it today most of the time. Shepherd's pie is made by sauteing ground beef with onions and sometimes garlic. Once these are all cooked together, other vegetables like diced carrots, peas, and corn, and green beans are added to the mix. Then one large can of cream corn and some salt and pepper. Now, we always use cream corn. You can use gravy if you want, but... Cream corn has that creaminess, which gives the shepherd's pie kind of a sauce. So that's what we always use. Now, some people prefer to use gravy, but in my family, it was always cream corn. This mix is topped with mashed potatoes and baked on 350 until the potatoes are golden brown. Amazing. Don't put cheese on there. That's just weird. Conclusion. This concludes the basic things everyone should be able to cook portion of my free basic cooking course. If you missed the first two parts, you can go back and listen to them. I highly recommend you do. Now in the next post, we'll be wrapping up the cooking course, the final post to tie everything together and review all the things that we've covered. I know it's been a lot of information and I hope you've gotten some out of it. This, this was a lot of <laughs> this is a lot of work to put together. Anyway, I hope you have a fantastic day. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Chef Ben Kelly. Uh, you can find all these posts written out at chefsnotes.com and I will share a link in the description of the vi this video to this post specifically so you can get the recipes and have a read through it. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you again on Friday. Uh, I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in 5. I'll talk to you soon.